0: Hey yo, and here we go! Welcome to another episode of We Talk Music. I am your host, Mister Brett, podcast, and I am truly pleased to be joined today by a wonderful singer from a from a new band that that is uh, really talented, showing off a lot of great chops right now. They are crashing Wayward, and from them we have singer Peter Summit. Peter, how are you? Great, thanks for having me, Brett. Well, I'm happy to have you on the show. I mean. Uh, you're well, you know, welcome back in this case. You, you were on uh earlier this year, but uh but now we're here to talk about you got the full album out. So listen with the with the exclamation mark is out now. Right. And uh and so so let's talk about the album and um like for instance, like the last time we talked, we were just talking about kind of the singles. Now we're talking about the right. full album. How long has the album been kind of in the camp?
1: Ooh, well, we started tracking the album, I would say the summer of 2020. So three months into COVID, we started tracking, but it wasn't the idea wasn't necessarily, let's do an album. It was kind of, let's, you know, just get back, see if we can get together and start recording, because we started throwing out at each other a ton of music. So we started with about five tracks which initially was, I think the first three that we tracked were Breathe, Disco Kills, and Stranger Days. Um, And as we progressed up until, uh, I would say, uh, early 2022, we had 13 songs tracked and it was like, okay, let's, you know, let's do the album. Um, But it was always up for debate. You know, we're trying to figure things out. Are we going to do an EP? Are we going to do two EPs? We could split it into four EPs these days, you know, (laughs) (laughs) anything kind of goes. But um, we felt that this cohesive body of work was due for an album. And that's kind of where we went. So Uh, but to answer your question, about two years we've held on, you know, to make it right and to give it its, you know, well-deserved release.
0: How hard is that from a you know, from an artistic perspective to know that it's done, want people to hear it, but at the same time, kind of be waiting, have to wait on, you know, I mean, whatever factors impact it.
1: Yeah, that was probably the hardest thing, especially coming from that artistic standpoint and the way that things, how things work these days, you know, like through social media, you only relevant, you know, once you put it out, it's like, Scroll past, you're done, kind of thing, you know, so we had to kind of look at it with that kind of lens and be like, we don't want to just like throw it out there. we don't want to leak it out because uh, in due time and in preparation, um let's give it the attention it it does deserve, because yeah, if we were premature, we could have released it um you know, as soon as we got a mix or we had it laid down or the idea, there's you know, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but there was somebody in the fan that would, <laughs> was just eager to share it. You know, I love the guy, Stacy, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> he was very eager to share. And we just had to, like, pull the reins on him. Do not share this with anybody. But there's some there's some songs on there that I really was pushing for. I really wanted to make sure it got released. Um because uh, it kind of like immortalizes some people and some situations. And um, I think is important for me that they saw the light of day,
0: which I'm so thankful that they are out for the world now. So that when it comes to the actual singles, like how did you choose those? And like, and I guess how long have you been working with RFK? Uh,
1: RFK, we signed with RFK in December of uh, 22. So um we had released prior to that Breathe was our very first single that we self released and then we self released Disco Kills and a soft release only on Bandcamp was Stranger Days um and it was because of Stranger Days that Ron it whatever it struck Ron hard that song something in it just really pulled him in and he was Adamant about signing this band, gung-ho, whatever it took. And uh we love that. And that's why we went with Ron. We felt like he would do whatever it took to break this band. Um, but as far as answering a question on releasing a single, that is that's hard. I think when it came to breathe, disco kills, and stranger days, going back to the early uh recordings when we first started, those were the first three songs that we did have completed. And we needed to put something out because we had announced that we're a new band. Um, And, you know, that only gets you so far on social media. Wait for it. You know, (laughs) hey, promise, guys. (laughs) So we had to put something out. And Breathe uh, is, I think, a timeless song. And it really kind of like captures the real energy and the essence and the vibe of the band and so i think that was kind of like the obvious first release but um yeah picking a single it's hard because you got five guys in the band and now you have you know the label putting in their input and um i think you just have to go with gut and our gut went with our first official release of listen closer was our initial gut reaction release that as the lead off
0: single for the album. Yeah, it's intre- I mean it's it's a really good album and one of the things that I love about the album is the fact that I mean you've got 11 songs and it's 33 minutes. So it's it's just it gets in there, it hits you in the head and then it kind of, you know, and it makes you think and then it and then it backs off. And right. and I think that's great because uh, we lose something I think with music nowadays where you have these albums, and I think, you know, Metallica kind of gets guilty of that, where these albums are like 79, 80 minutes long. And it's it takes you a long time to process that. Whereas in right. this in this case with listen, it's just like you can process it, but then you know that you need to go back and, and listen to it again so that you can you can process it again. But it, it doesn't feel like you're not getting bogged down. Which I think that some right. bands do. And so I love that about this
1: song. Yeah, thank you. And I, I want to credit Dave Harris, our guitarist, uh, for pushing a lot of that. Um, you know, we wrote a lot of songs together, you know, on those. And he is kind of comes from that theory of, you know, people want to get to the chorus, you know, and he's all about the hook, which I love about him and writing with him. And I can kind of share. He shares the track with me. Then I share my melodies and lyrics with him. And what do you think? And we just kind of like bounce off and he throws out suggestions and, and I don't think anybody's like too afraid to take a suggestion in this band if it makes the song better, you know, but I, I agree with you. Sometimes I'll pull up an album and it's like 14 songs. I'm like, you know, 40 minutes goes by and I'm on song seven. I'm like, Hmm. Okay. I don't got time to listen to the rest of it. But I think that's kind of like with working with, within the band and Mike, and just uh, especially the songs that we did craft, the agenda was like, let's make this short and sweet, like kind of back to the old school, you know? It's like if you pull up like an old Van Halen album or something, you know, don't quote me on which album, but I'm sure that most of them, the early days were like 35, 40 minutes, no longer, you know? And it's just like street, like straight good rock um which we have you know we have rock in this album we also pull it back and give some melody and kind of like mid-tempo and there's a lot to it you know so i think we kind of hit that in that short amount of time we were able to like create and cultivate this kind of like interesting
0: you know our own fingerprint within the genre of alternative modern rock Mm mm-hmm yeah, you're you're not like you don't overstay your welcome, and I think you know it's it's not like Saturday Night Live skits, which always seem to over, overstay their welcome. No, in this yeah. case, you know the songs end, and you want more, and and that's the I mean to me that that's great because yes, when you talk about going back to the old days, I mean I think about music going onto vinyl, and it had to be about thirty-five to right. forty minutes to put it on vinyl. So I mean, you know, what a great length, and and I like I say I love the fact that you've done that.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But, and that's uh, another get on the, Oh, sorry. No, go another ahead. Point go ahead. On the vinyl. Uh, putting the sequence of the album together. I think that was very important for all of us is that it fit a sequence because we're not just releasing a single, you know, as these all as singles. So we really wanted to put into that kind of like consideration and perspective, how we kind of heard the album. So everybody kind of weighed in. Um, with their opinions, and then uh, we put the album in its sequence with that kind of like vinyl theory,
0: to your point. Yeah, because I see that you're getting a vinyl release uh, in the summer. Yeah, I'm
1: super excited about that. So, I mean...
0: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I mean that it is it is so nice when you can have a vinyl release it's it's interesting now that that, that that's something we're talking about again where it's oh. just like ooh it's a vinyl release and and people can get excited and but it, but of course it's such a challenge to get the vinyl release nowadays it is
1: yeah and also you know i think that um again like the physical product i have one here i mean just to be able to hold this to open it read you know the booklet inside, the lyrics, all the thank yous from everybody. You know, this is what I love about music. You know, um, I know like the novelty of having everything digital uh, digitally these days. Um, it's kind of like worn off with me personally a lot. I, I want to hold on to that, and I have uh, three daughters, and they're they're the same. They buy, it. they go to the records, they love going to the record store, buying vinyl um cds and stuff so i i'm really hoping that comes back you know strong and they put cd
0: players back in cars i don't know yeah (laughs) yeah well it's it's so interesting because that's how i spent the vast majority of my childhood was sitting there listening to an album pulling out the you know well in my case it was a cassette but i mean you know you pull out all the all that and you just read it Right. Sometimes sometimes you're reading along the lyrics with the song, but but I mean I learned so much about music just from reading the thank yous and all the people who were involved that right it, it is such a shame that we lose that.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's a lot that goes into that, you know. It's um you don't get that on your iTunes or Spotify, you know, that as a band we really poured our heart and soul in all of it the lyrics, the music, you know, the people that are all behind it. And so, yeah, um, more physical product. Let's let's sell it. And it supports the band and keeps, you know, it goes straight to the artist, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause yeah. It, you're not going to make your, uh, you're not going to get yourself rich by Spotify. That's for sure.
1: No, everybody that's streaming a million streams is getting what? Four grand is basically what it breaks down to.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> In a in yeah. a uh, in a in a band with five people, that doesn't go a long way. That's for yeah. sure. Oh, totally. <laughs> so wearing like, boots that are worth. Best, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I'll bet. <laughs> so let let's talk then about the about the songwriting, especially like so. One of the things, like for me, Stranger Days, I love Stranger Days, and I also love um, Paper Airplane Hearts. So I think like I kind of oh, like cool. the the more mid tempo ones, but um, yeah. But so, you know, let's talk about. Well, you you mentioned Stranger Stranger Days being an early one. Like, yeah. how like over how long a period did you write the songs?
1: Uh, we wrote, I would say at least half of the album. Uh, we wrote between the summer. Well, I take that back. Spring of 2020. As soon as we got, got into um, you know shutdown, we just started sending songs to each other um and i would say up until two or three months before the album was completed we were writing um there is we there is two tracks that we held off listen which we uh will end up releasing at some point later um but yeah we've we've always been writing we're still writing actually we're actually working on new stuff right now um which i think is an awesome thing and a beautiful thing about this band is that i mean that is what we're driven on We're we're about writing recording and performing um so yeah it just hasn't stopped but yeah i would say with it we did take our time with this you know and and make it right you know we didn't want to be impulsive and just kind of like uh oh, you know again throw it out there so the world has it and it's done with you know um which i think in the result of that is I think we we're going to have some legs with this album, you know, and if it doesn't catch on right now, right away, that's fine. Because I think that a few months down the road, it can, and it's not going to be dated. I don't feel like it's dated. I feel like we've created something that is timeless.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, it does have that kind of guns and roses appetite for destruction feel where it's, it's like yeah. where, where you kind of get that. Sure. it It came out, but that, that album right. didn't hit big for you know multiple months after it was released, so right.
1: exactly I actually used that same analogy this morning when I was talking to uh I think David uh our guitarist yeah
0: yeah and and i mean if you can if you can match even uh half of <laughs> half of what that album did, then you guys will be doing fine so <laughs> uh, a quarter yeah
1: yeah ten <laughs> percent I don't you know <laughs> <that's> something. <laughs>
0: So then when it comes to to like you know currently working on the new songs and stuff like that like when do you anticipate going in and recording those and and try to put together a second album
1: Yeah so we started talking about that um, probably about last week because we probably are maybe about 5 or 7 songs that we've kind of been tossing back and forth and we're still working on stuff Uh again David Harris uh He is like nonstop writing and always sending stuff to me. Um, We actually, in fact, he lives in Ohio and he spends half his time uh, here in Vegas when, you know, band duties call. Uh, But we did like a little writing session at my house. Uh, David and Carl came over and we banged out one, I think is probably one of the best ones that we've written in a long time. Um, and Stacy came over and put his input on it, and Sean. But yeah, so I'm thinking that soon we're just trying to put all like you know the plans and schematics all in order so that we can. Um, and also, not sure if we're gonna do some, you know, like waterfall single releases before we do an actual album. So it's it's kind of up for debate. You know, um, there's so many different ways we can go with it. But we do definitely want to just keep writing and keep recording um, and work with as many amazing people as we can, you
0: know, like Mike Gillies. Yeah. So what um, what was it like working with Mike Gillies and like what what did he bring to the whole mixture?
1: Well, he brought his expertise in of, you know, working on albums that have sold in excess of 150 million albums, you know, so (laughs) whatever, (laughs) you know, you know. but you know the people that he've, he's worked with, Metallica, the Colts, who's one of my—I mean, I could have just sat in the studio all day with him, talking about the time he was recording, you know, with the Colt. You mm-hmm. know, uh, his brother-in-law is Bob Rock, so he's—he sat in, you know, a lot of awesome sessions uh, on a lot of awesome albums. Um, but he brought a whole different kind of perspective. You know, he really has his finger on the pulse of modern and sound and he he really is like genuinely a talented uh musician himself so he gets theory and you know um and how to get a sound great engineer great digital engineer um and we work together like he uh and i work together if he had some ideas about lyrics or like story he would throw them out there and say, what do you think of this? And I would weigh in on it. And I would say, okay, let's try this. And I would rewrite, you know? Um, And he was also open to us exploring. Like he kept the tape rolling the whole time, which um, if you look at the sessions, I mean, we, there's thousands of just like, (laughs) like, (laughs) Like and he just held on to all of it. It's like almost like uh hoarding music. He's a musical hoarder, session hoarder is what he is. So um mixing became kind of like a challenge in that because there was so much good stuff on there. And it was up to him to kind of like put that together, which I think he did. We had the songs, we had the idea, we had the you know, we had it all laid out, and then he just had to put it together. And um, yeah. So he's he's just a brilliant mind and he speaks in a language of decibels and sonic equations that I don't understand most of the time. And uh, so I just have to give
0: him a thumbs up on a text. (laughs) So that when it came down to laying down your vocals, like how many how many tracks would you like how many times would you have to record it? How many tracks can you pull off in a day kind of thing?
1: Uh, I think that we would go in with the idea of maybe trying to get the foundation of two tracks uh, done. Uh, it doesn't work out that way necessarily all the time. And what I love about working with Mike was that he was open. I don't, I am not somebody that wants to sing it once or twice, comp the vocals and auto tune me. You know, I want to get first, I want to get the um, the feeling, the vibe. Down. If I'm if I'm doing it, I want to feel if I'm trying to portray something vulnerable, I want somebody to feel that. Um, and Mike gets that. So we would kind of like like Mutt Lang with, you know, uh, uh Joe Elliott, do it again, do it again, do it again. And sometimes it was like, dude, I don't hear what you are hearing. I think I nailed it, but I would have to do it again, do it again. <laughs> uh so we did it until it was right. And on the song Velvet's Drawn, um, I recorded that three different ways, which is awesome because I came in with one idea, the song kind of shifted and changed, Um, and I came back. I was living in San Diego at the time, so I came to Vegas to retrack it. So I did it for a second time, and a change uh, of events shifted that song for me to actually rewrite some of the lyrics. And changed its melody for a third time and each time mike was open to it he said whatever it took to make the song better so he was a game player for sure
0: wow yeah like how hard is that for you to you know keep doing that uh like with your voice and, and then when you're kind of figuring out how you want to sing something how do you how do you figure that out what's your process right so Of course, with like the songs I'd been
1: working on the longest and I had longer to work out. Of course, I had kind of like, you know, this is how it's going to go. And this is how it's going to be as you're writing and you're recording almost at the same time. Sometimes I'm, you know, I'm in the vocal booth and I'm singing something for the very first time. I've never even heard it, you know, or I've only heard it one time just to kind of get the melody down or. uh, And then I kind of go back and I hear it. And there are some moments, like for a Disco Kills, uh, if I perform that live now, the very tail end of that, I'm singing it differently than how I tracked it, because I've had more time to work on it, you know? And so if I g- could go back and retract the very tail end of Disco Kills, it'd be a little different now. But um, nonetheless, I think it's a great song. And I think that we captured something amazing in it. But um, that that is probably the biggest challenge is while you're writing and tracking at the same time. Um, I think that moving forward onto the next songs that we are recording or writing and recording, we're going to be a little bit more prepared in that maybe. So um, yeah, again, that is, that is a challenge. You, you hit that, you know, not many people have asked me that. So it's like, Hmm, thank you for asking that. You know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of challenges, is there is there a challenge in being a Las Vegas based band?
1: I think the biggest challenge in being a Las Vegas based band there is always something to do here. So building building a fan base I think can be a challenge because if you are going to play a show there's always something else that might hey, we got this album release party. Well, you know what? Metallica is now in town and everybody's going to Metallica. You know, I think that's the biggest challenge. I think that there's also many, many, many advantages here because I think there is a music town. It's an entertainment town. And there's so many musicians that have migrated and moved here um, because the opportunity is so good. Um, And there is really good venues here that do cater to... um, You know rock and metal but also open up to us which is a more modern and alternative rock band you know um and um i think that you know bands like killers and imagine dragons that's kind of like open doors for a lot of bands you know like us out of vegas now so i think you're going to see a lot more uh coming out of vegas for sure
0: And then how hard is it to kind of get, like, how much do you want to play versus how much do you get a chance to play?
1: Uh, I want to play seven nights a week if I could, you know? Uh, So that's kind of like, right now we're looking for a really good booking agent that can get us on the road and play, because that's where I think we we track and record great music, but when you see us live, it's like another experience, you know, we put it all out there on the stage, you know, literally blood, sweat, tears, you know, go into every performance. And um, I think I speak uh, on behalf of all of us that that's what we want to do. That's what we, why we're in this, you know, and to play as much as we can. So, um, it is a challenge, especially being a new band, and uh, you know, we got to get on the road. But you also have to make some kind of money. We can't just always, you know, play for free. So it has to be the right situation, you know, because we have to support ourselves, you know. So hopefully, that's going to change really soon. We can get on the road even more than what we have. We we've made it to Nashville. We've done Arizona, California, uh, Salt Lake City. Uh, but we we want to keep going. and We want to get overseas, so we're hoping mm-hmm. that happens. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I see, and I see a lot of bands that are that wind up having to cancel their European bookings right now. Cause, so I think it must be a pretty challenging position at this point. It to be is in. absolutely,
1: yeah. You know, yeah. so people buy physical products, and you know, they can buy us gas. We'll we'll get to the venue. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> So then, when it comes down to do you know making money as as an artist and stuff like that, like when what do you think of like merchandise? Like when you think about it, do you try to do you try to like go a little step further? Do you just go with t-shirts? Like what's what's kind of the mindset for how you wind up making money, especially when it comes to merchandise?
1: Yeah, so with our album release, we actually were uh, developed four new T-shirts. And right now with it being summer, that's the most viable, you know, Um, and where we can kind of recoup quicker. Uh, Obviously, our CD, we do try to do a little bit more with like, I've even done handwritten lyrics, limited handwritten lyrics for Breathe uh, and sold at the merch uh, table just to offer something that's different and a little bit more personal. Um, we do sign drum heads. We have drum heads that we sign and and sell, or in photographs. Um, I love to be innovative if we can, and create something that's really cool and unique. Even if it's just the t-shirts, I don't want to just do a plain black band t-shirt, you know, with a logo or just one single color swipe. Um, I kind of want to do something different, you know. Like I love collecting old vintage rock t-shirts. You know, and and all of them have something. They all have character and they all have wear. So, uh, and a story to tell, you know. So, I hope that our merchandise can do that as well, too. So, again, really want to create something that's, you know, limited runs or one of a kind, you know, like Iron Maiden would make a t shirt for one show, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not opposed city. to doing that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because Guns N' Roses did that on on their reunion tour and then Iron Bade and stuff right. that yeah. I mean it's it's an amazing kind of you know system for because then when when you see it as a fan, I know that I'm more likely to be like, Oh, that's that's specific. I'm I'm going for that. Right. Yeah, totally. I've also, you know, like because cause I was really impressed with uh, both KISS and then Willie Nelson both had like where they recorded the actual concert, and then you could buy that concert individually, and it was just like, wow, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and yeah, maybe we'll do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it always that. Yeah, it always just like it seems like there's so many cool things that you can do, and then I'm always disappointed when I go see some bands, and it's just like, oh look, it's your T-shirt. Right. That and exactly. that's and that's the best thing that they, the most that they've got out there, and it's kind of like, wow, it seems like you know, a missed opportunity, especially when you're trying to make money at this.
1: Yeah, that is, you know what, playing shows. And if, um, you know, if it's not possibly the best paying gig, you know, we're able to sell a merch. I mean, and that goes directly to us. Um, And that is, I mean... What keeps us on the road? What gets bands on the road? And this is the way that the bands are able to support themselves, create making art, you know, keep making art and being able to give it to the world, you know? So I think we all have to do better in innovating, creating the best product that we can and getting people, uh, you know, excited about it in the hopes that they do buy something and and keep us out there.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah because for me like i want to be able to directly support you and to be able to give the money directly to you as opposed to filtering it through you know two or three different layers right before you finally wind up with the like three dollars at the end you know right versus versus (laughs) like you know the 30 dollars that it maybe started out at totally so then now, let's see, let's talk about the, uh, you do have, of course, the the record release party. And, mm-hmm. and I was noticing that you had some prints and stuff available for that. So tell me about that.
1: Yeah, so the album release party we, uh, is going to be June 28th at a new venue called the Industrial Sound. And it's like a, a beautiful, like, kind of like immersive space. It allows for you know, outdoors to open up and kind of bring in food trucks. There's a cigar bar, there's like axe throwing and all this kind of, you know. So it's kind of like gives it a little mini festival vibe Uh, inside. It's like the sound is impeccable and everybody that runs it is, you know, just veterans, you know, have worked sound and lighting from um, Justin Timberlake to, you know, three doors down you know, so they, they, they know what they're doing. Uh, so we're going to have our CD release show there. It's going to be following a super secret event. I can't say who it is, uh, but we are going to hit the stage immediately following that. Um, and then my brother, who is a world, if street art was uh rock and roll, he'd be a rock star. He, mm-hmm. uh, he, he, Paints murals on skyscrapers. So he and his good friend Mike Giant, who's uh, world renowned in his art and a just an incredible tattoo artist, one of the greatest around. They're going to come out and share their art. Uh, there's going to be limited prints through them that are going to be available. Um, again, we're going to have our new merch, uh, and we got kind of like a really awesome show prepared um, at the Industrial Sound. They have a giant uh backdrop uh, like led um backdrop that's like 50 feet long so we're just going to have amazing projections my brother uh is going to be working with that as well too so we hope to give something a little bit immersive it's going to be uh in a big space but it's also going to be intimate so yeah we're super excited about it. june 28th at the industrial sound
0: I mean, it sounds amazing. I wish that I could get out there because uh, like, there's no question. I mean, when you talk about something like this, and and this is, again, something I really appreciate is that it does sound like you're actually trying to make everything much more of an event than just, oh, bring it to the local club and we're going to have our friends over.
1: Right. That's, uh, yeah, exactly. And I think that's, uh kind of important and what kind of sets us apart i think of us kind of almost we're not an art rock band but we we put art into it you know i brought the analogy of like well we're kind of like the alternative in that late 80s scene as jane addiction was you know and i i kind of feel like that's where we have to set ourselves apart and where we differentiate from a lot of more just like the typical kind of like hard rock you know um, we really want to be artsy and uh like all of us in the band are very creative and capable. So um I think it's a beautiful thing that everybody supports each other in in creating that and and really just focus like tunnel let's let's do something different outside of the box.
0: Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Now, I mean you have one or two tattoos, so I've noticed. Yeah. So uh yeah. y- you yeah. know, are are any of them are any of those from Mike Giant and stuff like that?
1: No, uh, no, none of them are from Mike Giant. I wish I had one. Um, uh, I know. I was hoping he was going to come out and do some tattooing, but he's not. And I tell my brother, like, if he does, I have to get a Mike Giant tattoo. Um, but he doesn't tattoo all that often anymore. It's like to get him to do it, you know, would be a huge thing. I was really hoping he would. But, uh, yeah, I did get a uh, Crashing Wayward tattoo, though. Oh, nice. Uh, recently. Yeah. Uh yeah it's just uh I don't know if you could see it.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh yeah CW with a heart. <laughs> <laughs> so then when it comes down to the logo and stuff like that like and and like CW with heart is that something that that you would use beyond just your tattoo? Uh
1: yeah so we actually have a new kind of like icon that we're kind of working with. You you spoke of paper airplane heart which I think is a beautiful song. Um me too, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh want to credit Carl Radar, our bassist, in, uh, on bringing that one to the table. Uh, he got that, sent that in, and allowed me, me to write, you know, my music, uh, lyrics and melody over that. And again, everybody's open to everybody's ideas, so it's a beautiful uh, thing. But what inspired me with Paper, Airplane Heart is this icon. So we're kind of working with this, paper airplane heart icon, which I am hoping uh, is pretty successful that we can kind of use for, you know, drum heads or kind of like just the symbol. So when people see it, they know who we are, you know, kind of like rolling stones with the tongue. Mm-hmm. I think band uh, needs to have some kind of icon like that, apart from the logo that's identifiable. So
0: Yeah, because those kind of things are so important for well for any band but because you know the more recognizable that you can be just just from a quick glance then obviously the better off you're going to be
1: yeah absolutely because yeah i mean uh we'll get that on a t-shirt so hopefully uh keep your eye out for that nice and, uh, let me know what you think when you see it
0: oh for sure yes yeah no i mean i i look forward to seeing all that stuff but uh, certainly should be should be a lot of fun I mean, and again, yeah. it's it's like you say, when you when you talk about putting yourselves out there musically, then it sounds like the kind of things thing that the person who gets to go to that is going to remember the show. Right. Like, yeah. especially especially with all the other stuff that's going on. And, um, and I think that's that's super important. Yeah, especially. Who, oh, who do you think then would be a good fit for you to go out with?
1: Well, if I was to put, like, a dream show together, it'd probably be, like, you know, the cult is always, like, my all-time favorite, you know? So, I mean, I would love to just do a show one time with the cult at least. Um, I love Lenny Kravitz. I know Dave, uh, our guitarist, loves loves Lenny Kravitz. Um, uh, so... That is a really hard question, but I I would love to be, like, diverse, you know? Like, I would be saying, like, the Colton Depeche Mode, you know? (laughs) Uh, With Lenny Kravitz, if I was putting, like, my show together, that's what it would be like, you know? Um, But I think that there's a lot of great bands, like Rival Sons, I think we would pair well with. Uh, I think we'd also pair well with a lot of really kind of, like, You know, like even like Arctic Monkeys or something like that, you know, Foo Fighters, uh, um, Stone Temple Pilots, of course, you know, um, stuff like that where it's just like, um, I think, again, I'm always going to speak in like the analogies of like movies or music. I think we're kind of like a band like Alice in Chains where we could play with Slayer and everybody spit at us and throw garbage at us but we're still going to put on the best show and we're going to win you over you know and that's i think that we are relatable to a vast you know majority of kind of like musical tastes so i don't think it's hard to say what band but i would probably say those that's a good kind of like you know start for us let's start with Foo Fighters <laughs>
0: yeah exactly yeah, I mean I mean you could do a lot worse that's for sure yeah <laughs> but, but yeah and, and I would I would agree I think that's the thing is that when you listen to your music it's it it is able to kind of go cross, cross genres in that regard and just give people a good rock show and, yeah and that's Absolutely. the most important thing like it I, I wouldn't I wouldn't pigeonhole you in one specific, in one specific place. And, and I think you've, you've done a great job with that. I appreciate that. So one thing I want to touch on too, is the music videos. Uh, of course you, you mentioned mm-hmm. doing the, the new one, like, and of course, disco kills is, is such a fun music video watching you, I guess, get uh, beaten up for, <laughs> stuff yeah. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> are you doing Do you plan on doing more music videos down the road? I mean for this album. Yes.
1: Right. Yeah. So I think um it's really kind of leaning towards Stranger Days will be the next single. Uh, um strongly feel that's that definitely is speaking of cross genre, that is one that really can bridge a big gap for us, you know. And I think that is a very good radio friendly song. Um but I we are, are in discussion with uh somebody uh, directing the video for that. So we're working on that right now. And I kind of, I think we're all in agreement that we kind of want to remove ourselves from kind of like the idea of what the video should be. I mean, we'll have conversations about it, but I really, I personally would love to just have, hand it over to the director. Here's the song. Here's what the song is about, or at least what I was trying to convey lyrically through it um, and see what you come up with. You know, so I think we're gonna have something really unique and fun. I mean, really, it's probably one that's gonna be the more um, advanced artistically video that we have done so far.
0: Yeah, I mean, that sounds awesome. Because, because yes, I mean, it's nice to to see like closer and get kind of the you know the the band vibe. But for sure, like when you see Disco Kills, it's a totally different different kind of vibe than than closer or or breathe in that case.
1: Definitely. That was that was an an awesome video to uh do. Love doing that. That was in like a downtown kind of like ballroom warehouse type place in LA. And we got dirty. I mean I was on that (laughs) ground. (laughs) So yeah. I almost died
0: literally. Oh, that that's yeah. amazing you, you'll you have to tell that yeah. story but yeah because cause when you slap your hand down and like yeah. the, you see the dust just go oh. up
1: yeah my hand was bruised from that uh, when I was the scene where I'm in the chair and I'm kind of getting slapped around and pushed I mean I made sure the guys were giving it to me you know like I don't want it to look fake so and there was like a nail uh, sticking out of the wall oh, and I literally became you know, between centimeters of that nail, like falling back, and uh, yeah, but you know, it's worth it. You know,
0: <laughs> any anything for the art—that's that's really what matters. Anything for the art, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You know, I like I say, I think that uh, listen is a really good album, and I think that everybody should go out and, and well listen to it because you know, and, and again, I think that on more listens you'll really pick up the lyrical content because there's a lot of lyrical content in this album that that is interesting and it and it makes you think.
1: Yeah, I think I appreciate that greatly. Thank you.
0: So uh, before we go, I want you to tell everybody where they can find you and how they can keep up with you and where they can get the album.
1: Yeah, Uh, please follow us everywhere, Uh, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Crashing Wayward. Um, and also at CrashingWayward.com. Everything is on there. Where to stream, we're available everywhere on every streaming platform. Spotify, please follow at our music, um, Apple, Spotify, uh, and listen. The physical copy, CD, and also vinyl that's coming out is available at rfkmedia.com and also at com. Awesome.
0: Well, Peter, thank you so much for being on the show again. Uh, I know I've appreciated it. It's always great to talk to you guys. And like I say, I urge everybody to go out and listen to you. But uh, for now, I'll wish you nothing but the best in the future. And thank I know you, we'll Brett. talk again. I appreciate it. Yep. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Oh, wonderful. Thanks a lot. And uh, And
1: bye for now. Yeah. See you later. <laughs>